Welcome back to Behind the Business Curtain. I am your host, Ryan Hansen, and today we are joined with Alessandro Boyari, the co-founder of the Influencer Marketing Factory. I very much look forward to getting into this. Let's do it. Alessandro, thank you for joining me, my friend. I very much look forward to talking to you. How are you, sir? Thank you for having me, first of all. And uh, I'm good. A sunny day in New York, so cannot complain. We were commenting before the show started on how gorgeous your view is. So if you're listening to this as a podcast instead of on YouTube, you're not getting the benefit of seeing Times Square behind Alessandro right now. So uh, absolutely gorgeous view and not a green screen. Um this is great. I, I appreciate you coming on and let's uh we can jump right in. I I look forward to hearing about your social media um influencer developing <laughs> program. I I, I want to learn everything about that, but first I want to kind of get to know you a little bit more. Um tell us who you were before you started business. Um it looks like you're killing it and you're young and from Italy. Tell me everything. Sure, yeah. I love to. So um, I, I I moved like you know abroad from Italy like six years ago. Before I was living in Milano in Italy, that that is my city, uh, and then I went to Copenhagen, Denmark, and then I moved to Miami Beach for a couple of years. And now I'm in in Manhattan in New York. So I, I did different like you know let's say I changed it, like weather with different cities. You know cold. Uh, you know, hot again and cold and so on, you know? Yeah. So that was definitely interesting. And also meeting people from all, all uh, like, you know, over the world was definitely uh, a big, a big plus for me. So I started, I, I did different things actually, to be honest, because I uh, have like a bachelor degree in graphic design and art direction, a master's degree in digital innovation and management. But since I was like 15 years old, I, I was working already. I was doing my things. I made my first website when I was like 12 with HTML, notepad, yep. not like CSS was, Maybe, you know, so yeah. I'm talking like a boomer here, but that was the time, you know, and, and yeah. <laughs> you know, long story short, I felt in love with everything was digital. So in the years I started getting uh, into graphic design after that, I, I felt in love with marketing. And so like, you know, fast forward, what happened is that um, when I was in Copenhagen, I was working as a growth hacker or growth marketer. So sure. I was mostly helping um, software service uh, businesses, B2B mostly, to grow their communities. And that helped me out in the, uh, you know, out of the box ideas. So I was like, okay, um, how can I actually bring something valuable, more customer, more paying customers and users uh, without a big, uh, you know, cash or pile of cash on, on your uh, sort of like, you know, backup plan. So it was like, I had to activate my brain. Let's use something that is out of the box. So that helped me out a lot in understanding how to create a business from scratch, from nothing. And I translated all those ideas that I learned the way. Uh, into the influencer marketing arena. And so after some years of doing that, I got into influencer marketing that was already booming as a business. And I was like, okay, maybe maybe I can combine these two things together. And, and then when I started the agency. Awesome. So, uh, okay. So before you started, I mean, if we're talking six years ago, that was before social media was really what it is today. Um, yeah. How, so... Software as a service, what, what were some ways that you were helping them grow followings and, and why would software as a service need following 
since it's kind of a B2B yeah. project, product. So, so, so in the case, to be honest, it was not really about social media. It was more about the customers on the, you know, on the platforms. So, so uh, we, we use some social media, but more in a different way. So it was a lot of like, you know, data scraping and uh, customization and bots and automation, you know, everything that was able to, how can we get an audience? How can we use that, you know, for custom, custom audience on different social media? How can we optimize the email marketing? How can we create these data, different data points? and that you know t- touch points so in that case it was mostly out we get you know a lot of information about the potential audience that really niche and targeted and yeah. how we can use that then you know, like you know on social media so in that case it was to be honest a, a mix of different things it was uh data analysis was you know graphic design was uh, um growth hacking in both like you know black hat and white hat type of techniques sure. um and 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 you know like so again and th- that's why i learn a lot of things so i'd say that when i was doing this in the b2b and SaaS was again more about like you know technical skills than social media um but um you know that, that's why it was like for me when i got into influencer marketing was uh, i used the part of the things that i learned uh, in some in some of these influencer marketing that you know when i started the agency three years ago not a lot of people were doing because a lot of people in the influencer marketing arena, maybe where they're coming from the talent management. Right. And they, they didn't know about SEO. They didn't know about SEM. They didn't know about all these things. So I was yeah. like, how can I use these competitive skills that no one, or at least not many people has in having the influencer marketing industry and translate those there. So again, I, I feel lucky to have learned all those things in something that is a bit, I don't want to say boring, but B2B, it's something different, right? Than B2C, yeah. right? It's its, it's own animal for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, but if you learn those things that are not allowed to be able to know in the B2C and you translate those things in the B2C, you can really win. I love it. So you're combining the best of both worlds, traditional marketing and understanding of SEO, I assume email, uh, social ads, but then combining it. And so does the influencer marketing factory combine companies Actually, you know what? Before I take a random guess, yeah, <laughs> you tell me. Like in thirty sure. seconds, what's what's the elevator pitch here? Um, yeah, who who's your target audience? Yeah, definitely. So we are a global influencer marketing agency. Our core business is influencer marketing. We mostly help companies and brands engage with Gen Z and millennials on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Okay, that's what we do. That's what we offer. So uh, brands are our you know, clients, of course, they come to us, they have a need. Usually it's like, we have a new product, a new app, a new service, a new whatever. And we are looking for these type of demographics. We have these timelines and this budget. Uh, Can you help us mostly promote it? And we do everything. We identify the influencers. We do the storytelling. We, uh, you know, help them, uh, uh, you know, um, come out with creative ideas. We... Mo- we, we we manage all the process. We do contract, legal, logistics, uh, up to reporting and ROI on uh, analytics. That's amazing. Okay, so the show is about you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, talk about my brewing course for a second. And just so I'm a home brewer, avid home brewer. I've got a walk-in chiller in my third car garage where six taps come out, start to finish. So it's a mini brewery. I just made a course for how to home brew. Um, homebrewerpro.com, go check it out. Um, shameless plug. But so if I came to you and I'm like, hey, check it out. I've got this course. I want to promote it. I'm, I've been unsuccessful doing just organic. I post every day. I try to make reels, blah, 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 but I'm not getting in front of the right people. What would that uh, workflow be from the time that I come to you um, and, until execution? So what, what does that look like? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like, uh, again... 
uh, this could be a process that uh, this is something that I say all the time and is going to go on against my own interest. But uh, uh, a lot of the times you don't need an agency. Like I need sure. to make an agency. You, you don't need it. Like, especially if you're like on a tight budget or you want to test things, uh, you just don't need it because I mean, we are going to do a lot of work and I'm going to be honest, it's a lot of work, but still it's going to be a markup, right? On the, on the final price. So what I recommend all the time is that before just giving money, maybe to an agency or someone that can help you, do your own test. Maybe it's not going to be perfect, but at the beginning, what I recommended is that, first of all, understand exactly which type of demographics are you like looking for. Sure. Because, you know, a social media might be working for you, but not the others. So you might work well on, you know, you're talking about alcoholics. So, for example, you know, ah, TikTok, I love it, but it might be a bit difficult, right? Because they have a lot of policies about, you know, like against alcoholics and other yeah, type of like, you know, things, right? So, first of all, you have to say, okay, by exclusion, let's see where I can go. So first of all, understand the policies, understand the type of demographics on each social media. And then there are like a lot of different platforms that you can use by yourself that are marketplace or ways to find influencers that can give you a lot of breakdowns about, you know, again, the demographics, historical data, anything, okay, that can help you understanding, are these like for real? Did they both fake followers in the past? Yada, yada. And so once you are there, you understand that you have like your budget, uh, the best all the time is to test different things. Never give like you no know, 10K, 1K, whatever to only one person. You want to test different things, right? So yeah. that's why like you can do it by yourself because at the beginning, it's it's mostly like to prove if the business model, if the social media is working for you. Once you're like ready, you prove that the model is there. The influencer marketing, it is it is something that can work for you. Then you, you can get like your budget, find an agency and and scale up, you know. Uh, but at the beginning, yeah. it's most like test out. Having user-generated content, like, you know, find out your audience, um, you know. But, but, but you have to have like those foundations. If not, uh, like, you know, it's quite difficult to go there, like, you know, get an agency, get a whatever, like, you know, help you if you are the first person that doesn't even know what, what you want to achieve, you know? Yeah. All right. That's sound advice. So uh, what is the general process for, say, an established company that's like, just, I want to outsource this, ready, set, go. I assume it starts with a discovery session where you do figure out the target audience, the product. What does that look yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we, 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 we do have a team of different campaign managers, right? So what they do it is that, first of all, there is a first, you know, like a call to understanding more about your niche goals products everything we want really to understand your like your goals and what you are like trying to achieve because if we don't get that it's going to be just like we don't want to be one of these agencies like yeah just like you know we're going to do something for you like you really want to understand that right because behind the campaign there is like again identify the influencers it's it's crucial if you don't find the right people that are going to be authentic that they're going to love your product and so on it's going to feel like inauthentic and not really something relatable for the audience so you know, after that, you want to be sure that you are able to negotiate the right prices that you can get the best out of, of the deal. And so the process is like, again, all these different phases about, you know, finding the influencers, the demographics and so on. And then there is all the creative part of like you know, of the strategy. So right. if we're going to go like on TikTok, what type of content do we want to do? It's going to be informative. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a mix of them. Do we want to mix some different social media? So there is all the strategy. Then there is the execution, all the payment, all the contracting. Like we have, we do a, a contract for each single influencer. So it could be a hundred dollar up to 10,000, 10, 20,000, $50,000 sure. per, per engagement, you have to have them sign something. And then you finalize everything. You do all the different, like, you know, management of the campaign. And then we do the reporting, the ROI analysis and everything for you. So uh, it's it's a lot of different steps. And people do not realize that during, like, the journey of, you know, of a campaign, 
um, it, it's a long journey. Sometimes maybe it takes two, three months. Uh, you can lose pieces here and there. And that's why you have to organize everything like Google Sheet, different platforms, CRM. Uh, it's easy to, to lose piece of the puzzle, you know? I, yeah, I hear you. I can imagine that. So um, what is something that somebody trying to break into social media influencing or becoming an influencer? What are, what are some of the traps that you see them fall into? Just this is one like, of those mean, like behind the behind the curtain yeah. peaks of like because everybody thinks they want that, but yeah. they may not be willing to put in the time. How oh, do you yeah. how do you select influencers and and what can you tell me about that culture too? Yeah, sure, of course, and and this is a good point. Like a lot of people, as you said, want to become like influencers. It's it's, it's still a buzzword. Like, who is an influencer? Are you like a content creator? Are you influencing the others? Like, who are you? Okay, so first of all, uh, it, it's important to understand who, who you are. Secondly, uh, a lot of people, I think there is this still this myth that you can become like, you know, successful overnight because maybe you saw some video of some, you know, people in LA living the life in their mansion, but still behind that, there is maybe eight years on YouTube, uh, killing it every single day, you know, and, yep. and maybe they started making money all in the last three years, you know, uh, TikTok changed a bit the rules because, because of the algorithm and the, what I call the inverse funnel, right? You can have 10,000 followers and still be seen by 20 millions of people that help it a bit, but still you need consistency. One video on the for you page is not going to make you a millionaire, right? So, yeah. so you have, you need consistency. And also something that a lot of people that want to become influencers don't understand is that you like, if you want to do content, uh, it's a lot, right? Like you have to shoot, you have to edit, you have to record like everything. But then there is also the brand deals. If you do not have an agent, it's on you. You have to spend time in finding the best, put them, like the best, uh, you know, like brands for you. You right. have to reach out to them. You have to create your own scheduling, right? About like, if I do one content, it's going to be promoted by for this money. How many other like organic and promoted content? Like you, 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 you become a business and you have to think about it. Like that's why some influencers are finally shifting their mindset from i'm not just someone that makes videos on youtube on tiktok i am a small business so i open an llc i can write off like you know cost for my right. like expenses so that is the big difference let's say between being a professional influencer and someone that just has a, as, as an hobby how you think big, and approach the world. okay all right i super dig that and so like that, i'm so new to this world on the social media thing i feel like i should know more um do, are there just price lists that they have, like you, you just message them and they get back to you and they're like, okay, yeah, here you go. Two shout outs is a hundred bucks. Yeah. The majority of them, they, they have a price. Uh, uh, the most professional ones has media kits where they present themselves with everything. So not just numbers, but like why you should choose them, their historical campaigns, how they perform, like if they have any, uh, you know, a real ROI that can show you because yeah. it's nice to have brand awareness, but you want to actually, if you want to go uh, and, and sell yourself, like you want to say, thanks to my work, like this brand sold, you know, 500, whatever of these, you know? And so you want, of course, that type of, of media. Some others, they don't really know if they are quite new. So they maybe expect from you like a price, like on, on the agency side. Uh, but usually nowadays we can see that they have a price. And uh, what we recommend all the time it is to negotiate mostly because uh, some people, maybe they don't even know how to position themselves. Some others, they right. know that they have the leverage and they give you a crazy d d price. They don't make sense. So what I advise you is like, Spend some time to understand the industry because each each niche is different, right? If you are like in the US talking about, uh, you know, Bitcoin, it's going to be something. But if you are like, you know, uh, I don't know, like in Europe, okay, and talking about 
uh, sport is going to be something else, right? Yeah. And, and then, so once you understand, but to be honest, it's not easy. It's still, in my opinion, the Wild West. There is not like a, it's not like a CPC on AdSense, right. like you know right, more right. Each person, because it's a people business. So it's about even sometimes like the, the personality of someone, right? If they, if they know that they have like a strong, like, like, you know, a strong relationship with their audience, just because of that, they can, they can ask more. Uh, compared maybe to others that have a bigger following, but maybe not that type of engagement. So again, it's difficult to say. Okay, that's good information. Actually, you bring up a good point that I wanted to talk to you about. And here we're going to kind of shift more into the business side of how how you run your business. Um, I was on your page doing, you know, my homework and trying to figure out everything that I can. I got onto your about page and you've got a lot of people, like 30 plus, and they're all over the world. So I saw... Italy, Poland, Canada, Bulgaria, US. Like that's impressive. Tell me how do you keep everybody on on track on mission with time barriers, I assume language barriers. What does that look like? Yeah, so uh we started being like remote since day one to be honest, even before covid because like we covid awesome. the, because yeah. the new normal or whatever. Uh to be honest like I I I never, I never work at corporate in my life. I never, I, I, I was like, never like, you know, an employee. I always work as a freelancer. So, um, I, I never went to an office in my life. I mean, I, I did for a brief period of time just because I wanted to go outside my apartment. But, uh, yeah. um, even when I was working for someone else, I, I never like been in an office and I was talking with a lot of friends, you know, in corporate, whatever. And they were like, you know what? After a while, it's really, it's terrible. You know, you have to be in the commute. You have to go there, seeing people that you don't, you don't necessarily like and so on. Go so full Dunder like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so exactly. So, so like the thing is that if you can save, as, um, you know, like an expense for your company, because I mean, I'm not going to lie, like an office in New York City, it's crazy oh, expensive. Yeah. It's crazy expensive, right? So I saw some places like for five people, it's easily 10K per month. Like doesn't even make why? sense. Why? So, so we were like, you know what? We are a startup. When we started, I started with zero dollars in my pocket. That that's like, you know, it went from zero to a multi-million dollar company in less than three years. But uh, but uh, it was because you have to save when you can cost. So at the beginning, it was like, you know, let's start with that. But then I, I don't want to say luckily to COVID because COVID was of course tragic and it's still like, you know, it's still there. But uh, what I mean it is that it changes the perspective that you can really manage and grow a company even without having an office. We do have a couple of spaces, one in Miami where uh, our headquarters is and one here in New York, mostly because I live here. Yeah. But uh, long story short, we're doing that. So we we, we, we manage the people on Slack, on, on, on Trello, on Zoom calls. They are happy because they can work from any places in the world. Yeah. You know, if they, if they tell me like, I'm going to go on this place for that, like if, if we're like, there is transparency on that and they still deliver, they are there for the clients that they, they do their job. They are happy. Who am I to tell them like, no, you have to be on that time. zone, like, whatever, like if yeah. they're happy, I'm happy. They do work in a, in a better way. And, and, and that's it. And to be honest, barrier language, there is not because all these people, they speak, uh, English fluently. And so even if they're like in different places in the world, in Europe, here on different states in, in, in America, like, um, there is, there is a, no barrier. And actually I love having people from different places because they can give you different angles on things that I might not see as an Italian living in the States. So yeah. it's, it's really helpful for me. Do different countries, since you're, you're working globally with customers, um, do different countries 
treat and use social differently? Obviously, the algorithms know my, um, you know, location and everything. So I'm going to be exposed to reels and feeds that are from American content creators. But every once in a while, I'll spot something. So, oh, by the way, a little parenthesis here. I grew up right outside of Bologna. Per i, okay. per I primi 14 anni della mia vita. So, oh, I speak um, that's cool. Wow. We're, okay. <laughs> like to all of my Italian brothers out there, I'm sorry that you guys got hit so hard by COVID. I hope you're all safe and sound. So, find a place where you can work from home to keep yeah. your family fed. Um, so, do different cultures handle social media or treat it differently? Like, how, how do you become aware of the way that, that, different countries manage their their feeds and apps yeah yeah i'd say that i mean first of all regulations right because in the u.s there is the ftc but then in europe you have all the gdpr and like we sometimes we work with korean companies and like in korea they're like really strict to rules like you have to sign a lot of paper like just for things that maybe in the u.s it's like I don't want to say whatever, but maybe we close an eye, right? So uh, each each country, depending on the regulations, is different. But then also the tone of voice, the way you present things is different, right? Like if we look at live streaming and super apps in Asia, they are like, it's, it's the future there. While in the US and Europe, we were still beyond like, you know, trying to understand what live streaming is. So it, it is, first of all, uh, a regulation to an anthropological, let's say, you know, um, angle on that, right? Like if, if uh, we we grew up with certain technology and there certain ways to live, the social media are like the same, right? So if, if in the States, uh, the people were used to like, you know, cable TV and then, you know, social yeah. media and that's, it's different. If in Asia, it was totally normal already to do like QVC online with live streaming, they are now used to, sell even like you know fruits and vegetables on live streaming and make millions something that it doesn't exist here wow right yeah. so i don't know if you know about that but like there is pharmacy in, in in china that are making millions selling on live streaming because of rural areas that before were really difficult to access to but now thanks to social media they can easily like with the logistic and and social media they can sell remotely right like fru- fruits and, that's and crazy Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is it like yeah. like they're taking bids in the comments? And it's it's mostly like they again, I'm not a super expert because you know like I just saw some videos that I can see here in the states yeah, you yeah. Know, because you need VPN and everything but uh, uh no, they mostly do it's like QVC, okay, but on live streaming. So they show their pieces of everything and they're like and you can I know that like, I mean, usually you go there and you have like WeChat, right? And super apps. So in right. the same app, you can do many things. You can see the streaming, you can follow influencers or how they call it, um, key opinion leaders, and you can buy things. But uh, now I also uh, learn about a new app where you can comment, like you can comment, for example, the ni- name of the item plus one and the comments uh, sort of like a, a bot understand that and it's going to automatically put in the cart. Okay, so, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's a good, yeah, right. It's a good integration between like live streaming, social shopping, and uh, real purchase. So, yeah. so it's, it's it's quite interesting. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, good answer. I I guess I'd never really thought about you know how different cultures interact with social, but that makes perfect sense. So it's I'm curious to learn more about how like live streaming hasn't made it over here yet. Because even now, yeah, you see people go live all the time, but it's painful. They're sitting there like waiting and da da da. They don't know what to say. It's it's so (laughs) awkward. I just, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, totally. 
Okay, so um, on on the the business side, what are some of the bottlenecks uh, that you're working to fix in your process? Where where could you speed up or automate to save time and money? So you know, I mean, like of course we could automate different things, especially maybe in, like you know in the sales process and and so on. But uh, to be honest, like influencer marketing, in my opinion, like is still a uh, hundred almost hundred percent people business. Yeah, uh, hear me out. Why I tell that because. Yes, we do also use, of course, platforms to find influencers and maybe to manage part of the work. But uh, a lot of companies, they sign up to use platforms, right, to find influencers. And they, they think that, oh, that's it. I find influencers is going to be like that. But to be honest, you need more. You need a, a person that is going to talk with another person and negotiate yeah. the price and so on. So, again, it's it, the idea to um, making something automatic and, 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 and easy to use, like influencer marketing. Yeah, it's nice. But the reality is that at the end of the day, you have in front of you, like, or on the other side, another person that is a content creator and influencers that want to talk to you and understand why they should, like, you know, promote uh, a product. So, yeah, we could automate certain things. And yes, we already do that. But uh, but at the end of the day, like it's it's a conversation with someone in every yeah. step of the process. So yeah, you can you can do something more like you know some automatic email here, some something there. But uh, yeah, like to be honest, when we try to save time on certain things, uh, you miss the opportunity to, to connect with another human being, and it is where you maybe you don't finalize, you know, yeah. like the, the the deal. I get that. I get that. I get my, my mind is going to like, we met on Guestio, uh, some yeah. kind of software like that, that would like, where you could shop for influencers. Um, that could, that could be cool. So, all right. We, is there anything else that you want to say about that before we go into our speed round? No, let's do the speed round. I'm all ready. right. Speed round. Um, I don't have any fancy, uh, sounds other than. There you go. Cheesy as it all get out. So what is one thing that business people and entrepreneurs should stop wasting time doing? I'd say, you know, having too many sad gigs, uh, extra projects. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of entrepreneurs think that they can do many things uh, while they should just focus on one. So jump on that, do 100% because if not, you're going to unfocus and no one of the little projects are going to be successful. Outstanding. What is one thing that you hate doing that you have to do anyway? More than one, but it's a financial, legal, and HR. I do have people to help me, but at the end of the day, it's still on me. And if I could just for one day, don't look at those, I would be a happier person, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, I know scaling, that's always the like one of the top things that people are like, I did not expect how much time I was going to spend dealing with people, um, my own people. So I hear yeah. you. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite way of taking in information? Books, audiobooks, podcasts, social, blogs? Um, I'd say uh, mostly newsletters because it's a nice way for me, like during the morning and in the evening, to have just one place to look at. And if I need more, like other information, I click on the links on each of them. But to name a few, like I like a lot, you know, the information um, with the creator economy, uh, you know, section that uh, the hustle, morning brew, marketing brew. Uh, business of apps, uh, you know, social media today. There are so many. So every single day I read like uh, between 150, 200 titles at least. And then I select part of that. Yeah. And I also have a part of the team that helped me with that. But uh, I'd say newsletter is mostly because it's everything in one place and it helps me, you know, organize. All right. Uh, tell me that, what is it? Marketing Brew? What newsletter? How do I find that? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like mo- morning brew. It's it's a nice one. Uh, I love it because uh, it it gives you um, an overview of different things. Could be you know from uh, stock market to like you know marketing and what is happening in the, in society and so on. So that that one I, I like it a lot. They also have another section about marketing. It's you know marketing brew. So just yeah. like that. And and again, like you know, they're, they're like that. They're like so many. Um, that come out with something that is like unique. Some because some newsletters uh, are just aggregators, but these uh, ones actually they come out with stories. You know, they interview people, so it's quite like you know unique in terms of what they can offer you. And uh, I, I still also, of course, like have to read like different website, and uh, sometimes I hear podcasts. And but um, for me, like the newsletter is like an easy way because I can I can just easily check the titles and see yeah. if I'm interested in And that's why newsletters nowadays are booming again, right? Like they were something really big. Then they went down because of social media with images and videos. They went down. And now yeah. people are selling their newsletter for 60 millions, like, you know, 80 millions. It's, it's, it's crazy. That, that's, that's some of the, you know, successful stories. So I, I like the idea of having everything in one place. Cool. Curated content. That works. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite social media platform where you want people to connect with you? Of course, I'll put all the links to your website and everything in the notes, but um, tell us where, where folks can meet you. I mean, of course, uh, LinkedIn, mostly for professional. Uh, that That is where I put everything we do sometimes to like, you know, uh, reports for free. Like, for example, the last the last reports that we have done is about the creator economy, 70, 70 plus pages with a lot of interviews. So every time there is something professional, I put it on LinkedIn, of course. If they're interested more in anything that I do, and it really could be even like cooking it like, you know, pasta, then it's going to be my Instagram stories. So again, it's going to be the two faces, right? One is going to be the professional and the other one, like everything. And where maybe I even show a bit more what is behind the scene of being an entrepreneur. So on LinkedIn, of course, you can only show certain things, but on Instagram, it's more like, you know, you are free to, yeah. um, I don't want to be funny about it, but uh, even just be a bit more transparent because sometimes uh, every everyone thinks that like, oh, it's so cool to be an entrepreneur, but behind the scene, there is so much going on and some days are just tough you know yes. so on instagram I, I try to with with some following just like say hey not everything that you see it's, it's amazing actually like you know today you have to do this and tomorrow might be rock bottom whatever so so it, it's right. a nice way but if they want to add me there um you know happy happy to connect cool i found you right before the show on instagram i followed you so when you see big pop brewing that's me Uh, (laughs) okay this has been great any last words or call to action some you know words of advice uh before we wrap this up yeah i mean like i'd say that in general uh if 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 you haven't tried like influencer marketing yet i i vote again it could be with an agency could be by yourself but uh don't hear like in general like don't hear like things from others like oh i it didn't work for me or like just just do it. And again, you can really start with a yeah. smaller budget and test it out. If you like it, if you don't, don't like it, like do different tests on social media um, and, and see by yourself. I'm just saying that because if you don't do it, you, you're missing uh, like a 20 plus billion night market, you know, that is growing every day. And if you don't adapt, you know, you, you're going to just die as, as a business owner, I'd say. So yeah, check it out. Get in there. Go start <laughs> shootouts in the Wild West. I dig it. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, Alessandro, thank you so much for your time. I very much enjoyed it. I look forward to connecting in the future as well. So folks listening, if you want to go check him out, uh, Alessandro Bogliari on LinkedIn or Instagram. And uh, all of those links will be in the notes. And I will see you guys next time.
This episode of Behind the Business Curtain is brought to you by Build Online. Build Online is your one-stop shop for web development and mobile app design, and they're ready to bring your app idea to life. Their process starts with a one-day in-person blueprint meeting where they get clear on your goal and vision for the project, and it ends with an MVP app that's ready to launch and market. Build Online offers you access to a full team of developers and designers, along with a dedicated project manager that will own your vision for the project and give you weekly updates so you're never in the dark. At Build Online, they don't do project-based billing or long-term contracts. You just review the completed work and pay an invoice every two weeks, avoiding the traditional money pit model that may have bitten you in the past. Book a call with me at buildonline.io, and we can figure out a plan to bring your app idea to life.